How's it going, everyone? Uh, welcome to Emerald City Hockey's post game live presented by Queen Anne Beer Hall. Um, might be a good place to head to uh, from CBA after this one, uh, the old beer hall. Um, that was a that was a disappointing finish. Not gonna lie, I think we're probably all on the same page there. Overall, I still feel pretty optimistic about how the night wins. I think there was a lot of positives for the Seattle Kraken in this one, but. Anytime you give up the game-winning goal, like two and a half minutes left, it doesn't feel good. It just, it just doesn't. Um, but I do want to credit the Kraken with, you know, going back to being that team that they've been all year, where they hang in there and they stick with it and they never say die and they just keep finding ways to to come back. And that's what they did in this one, um, being able to come back from being down three nothing, only eight twenty seven into the game. We'll talk about it with RJ, uh, and I'll probably talk about it a little bit more later, but super interesting decision from Coach Dave Haxtall. You give up that third goal in the first eight and a half minutes of the game, doesn't make a goalie swap, just uses the timeout. And I think that was definitely the right call, but it's an interesting one. It's not something you see very often, and I'm curious to hear everybody's like take on, do we think that means something as far as him being like, look, you know, we want Gruby in there because a lot of times you change that you change the goalie out and you just be like, look, I'm still just trying to wake up the entire team who hasn't been playing well in front of whichever goaltender is in. Uh, but for but for him to do that, uh, is that is that sending messages about kind of how he feels about Grubauer compared to the other netminders available to him? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, there was there was positives in this one. I mean, Jared McCann is on fire. Seven goals in his last six games. Are you kidding me? He's he's killing it right now. He's crushing it. Uh, yeah, he got a little bit of help on that second one, but still, all of a sudden, forty goals. Here he comes. You know what I mean? Up to thirty three now after this one. He's only seven away. Um, I mean, at this at this rate, he'll do it by like the end of next week. <laughs> Oh man, he's he's on fire. Jaden Schwartz continues kind of his his little bit of a hot streak, and then Vince Dunn. I mean, we people on Twitter. I I was out there on Twitter discussing with people what his contract extension was going to be. He obviously thought all those numbers were way too low, so he had to come out and have a fantastic game in this one. Um, and you know, for what it's worth, Grubauer he he helped keep them in it like this wasn't on Grubauer this game. Uh, you know, I mean, you had stuff like that final goal. What are you what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? What do you what what can you do in a situation like that? Oh, all right. Uh heading over into the comment section here. Cameron kicking us off. Oh man, that was a sad ending. It was. It was definitely a disappointing end to an otherwise really good game. Like I said, cracking whenever you get your team to battle back and and tie things up after a, a bad start. I was I was gonna say a slow start. That was a bad start that they had. Uh, but anytime you get them to to battle back and show that effort, show that heart, I like I have, like I've said a million times this season, it just makes you it just makes you fall in love with them all over again. You just can't help it. It's it's so endearing. Um, wow, this one really stings from Coop. Nick hold by Giroud to set up that goal, no call. Uh, oh, I didn't see that, Nick. I'd have to I'd have to go back and watch a replay on that one. Coop bad clearing attempt on an own goal to derail an awesome comeback. That one was. Not great. Uh, Kraken Hawk, what a fun comeback. What a game. What a gut punch. Anyways, this team has no quit. That's going to serve them well in the playoffs. I agree with you, Kraken Hawk. I think that's a very solid takeaway. You appreciate and you respect the comeback. 
we had fun along the way, the roller coaster of emotions. That's why we watch live sports, right? It's to have those emotions. Nothing else can give that to us. Uh, and then obviously a gut punch because you lose it with two minutes left. <laughs> there's, there's no way around that. It hurts. Uh, I really like that one there, Kraken Hawk. Uh, uh, Kraken, uh, yeah, Kraken Hawk. Uh, Coop, both by Borgen, unfortunately, but I still love him. Maddie needs to score a goal. Maddie is so snake bitten right now. We talked about it last time. Maddie is so snake bitten. And yeah, that last goal was just, it was rough. It's just, but they happen. And you know what? Rather now than in the playoffs, right? That's the way I see it. Those, those are going to happen to you over the course of a season. I'd much rather it happen now. Uh, Light with a super chat. Thank you very much. Sucks to lose. On the bright side, McCann with 52 points, done with 51, and the standings weren't really impacted. Still have a safe distance from Calgary. Uh, that is very true. Light going to have a nine-point lead over Calgary as that team, you know, odd man out right now, Calgary. Uh, it's, a, what, an 11-point lead over Nashville, although Nashville's going to have a decent amount of games at hand. Not enough to make up 11 points per se, but uh, they're, they're another team to just have to, we got to keep an eye on. Uh, it's just, it's a little rough because uh, what, Vegas, LA, and Edmonton won today? Yeah, so that's not great. That's, that's not great. Um, but uh, it's it's certainly not a disaster for the crack and the way things are feeling at the end of February. You know what I mean? And as you pointed out, like, I mean, these are massive point totals for guys on this team that, Again, I mean, look at look at what this team was able to do last season, and and by what they were able to do last season, I mean like not really anything, and uh, and to have two players from that team, like this isn't Burakovsky coming in as a free agent, this isn't Bjorkstrand coming in via trade. These were guys who were here last season, and and who were having massive bounce back seasons. I mean, they're just coming on strong here. McCann, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got three players over 50 points now. Uh, Everly, McCann, and Dunn. That, I mean, that's so, so cool. And we still got a ton of games left, right? We're only 65 games in, so to have three players over 50, that feels really good. Maddie's really, really close to getting there his, himself. Um, uh, let's see, DJ Singleton with a super chat as well. On a positive note, that penalty kill, though, and I see that goes with uh, Light here as well, sending another super chat. Had to send another one, but we're now 20th in PK. That is right. Senators going 0 for 4, and this is a good power play. Like, the names on this Ottawa Senators power play are really good. Like, really, really good. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they've got, uh, obviously you got Kachuk, you've got a, a, a Debrinket, you've got a, a Stutzla, you've got Giroux, you've got guys on the back end like Thomas Shabbat, now Jacob Chikrin. Like this is a really, really scary Ottawa team. And we saw it tonight, right? Like all these people that I'm mentioning, they scored goals. Um, but the Kraken, I mean, the PK is just feeling it. And how about like Brandon Tanev out there blocking a shot on the PK, obviously hobbled obviously affected by it he is not feeling good he is not fully mobile staying out there keeping in his passing lanes keeping ottawa from being able to move the puck inside at all they had to just stick to the perimeter huge gutsy effort there from brandon tanov on the pk uh so i am right there with both both of you uh dj singleton and light it is fantastic and as light pointing out for us to climb from dead last up to 20th and we've really done this in like the matter of like two months. <laughs> Most of that, like we were really down there with Vancouver for a long period of time. It wasn't like, oh, we started, we had a rough first month of the season. It was a rough first 
you know, three months of the season. Uh, and for us to get back there, I mean, it just shows the kind of dedication that this team has and the trust that we have in the coaching staff to make adjustments and to continue to work on things and to continue to work with the guys on improving this team and, and what they're able to do. It was, it's, it's, it's all really solid stuff. Seab dog almost feels like we have better chances to score a goal on a PK than any man up scenario with the super chat there. Appreciate the super chat. Appreciate the super chats from all of you. Uh, yeah, it does feel that way. Steve dog. We, we get a lot more shorthanded goals lately than we do power play ones. Now in this one, didn't fully get to stretch out the power play. Only the one opportunity. I'll never fault a team for going 0 and one uh, or 0 for one, I should say. But uh, yeah, I mean, it would be the, this is where special teams makes a difference. PK really helped out. You can't control getting more penalties entirely. I guess you know, there's, there's some things you can do. I, I shouldn't say that. Um, but, you know, it's it's one where, where special teams can make a difference in a one goal game. I think for this one goal game, Face-offs, all right? 36% for the Kraken tonight on the face-off dot. That's where you gave up this game. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the element. As I'm looking at everything here, you out-hit them, you out-shot them, but shots were pretty even. You held them to 0 for 4 on the power play. You only got the one chance, so you know what I mean? Like, you won, that, you won the special teams battle there pretty handedly. You're blocking shots, all that stuff. You had more possession because... You know what I mean? As I'm looking at things, it's face-offs. Just can't, if you're not winning offensive zone face-offs, you're not winning defensive zone face-offs, it just comes back to bite you. And this is still the thing that I, I just, when I think of what is going, what can derail this team come playoff time, that's what I think of, is, is having to go up against a Vegas, an LA, an Edmonton in a seven-game series, night in, night out. If you're, if you're only winning 36% of the draws, it's it's going to be near impossible to survive that multiple games in a row. You know what I mean? Like that's just a little bit too much. Uh, all right, jumping back over in, in the chat uh, here, James, screw that. I'm mad. This is playoff time and they need that win. As we talked about, it would have been nice to win on a night where everybody around you also won, but still a very healthy cushion on the playoffs. As long as you don't turn this into a, a losing streak, and I know you've got a couple difficult games against Dallas coming up, I think I think the Kraken are just fine. Kraken Hawk, Brad, uh, broadcast team banter, highlight of the night, JT Brown explaining to John and, uh, and Olchek how a QR code works. That was hysterical. They had some iffy ones tonight for me where they were going off on some tangents, and I was like, eh. I'm not sure I'm going with you here, uh, but that one was fantastic. I like the double-breasted uh, pinstripe suit on JT as well. I thought that was like a, that's not a look you see very often, but that man can pull off anything. He looked fantastic. Uh, Joey, very bad. We always play down to teams like Ottawa. Very disappointing. We can't get up for a team we should destroy. Uh, I'm going to agree with Ty a little further down. Play down. Ottawa is actually a pretty decent team. I, I, I rattled off the list of names. They've only gotten better with the with the addition of Jacob Chikrin. The one thing they don't have, and they haven't really had all year, and especially they don't have it now that Cam Talbot got hurt, is a goaltender. And I think Ottawa's going to go out this offseason and get a goaltender, and they are going to be a very solid playoff team in the East. So I actually I feel okay kind of being in this one, um, given who they have. And then they even got they've got depth scoring with guys like Shane Pinto and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like they 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 are a decent team. I'm going to push back on just that one thing. Um, but I do agree. I mean, the Kraken, they were, the Kraken are a better team. They they were the better team. They probably should have won. And I think that's why we saw them come back. Uh, it's just 
that last goal, you know what I mean? Borgen's doing everything right. He's got inside position. He's there defending the crease. He's taking away Pinto behind him. He gets his stick down. He is blocking the pass. It was just bad timing with Grubauer moving. The five hole is open. The angle of the puck hitting Borgen's stick, it just goes in. It's one of those, everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, and hockey is random, and it is luck-based, and you know what I mean? It, things just came up snake eyes for them. That's it. Uh, Coop, uh, how three guys can't gather a puck versus Giroux, I will never understand. It was a, that was a rough one. Uh, Ty, fun game, but yikes. You can't, uh, you can't spot them three right off the get-go. All others in our race got two tonight, though, so yikes. Talked about that. I'm with you, though. It doesn't matter if you're how much better of a team you are. If you're giving up a 3-0 lead eight and a half minutes into a game, it's too much. It is it is too much. And the fact that the Kraken were almost able to overcome that shows you how good this team is. Shushan, not that upset. They went down 3 nothing and battled back. Would have preferred overtime, but we had no business making a game of it after the first 10 minutes. No big deal. I'm I'm a little I think I'm more on, on your side on this one, Shushine. I will get RJ's opinion. I would love to know what like the building kind of felt like in this one uh, as well. Um, let's see. <laughs> Vince Dunn is a bad, bad man uh, for that sniz top corn. I, I'm telling you, he's good. He wants he wants to get paid and he's earning it all. Gabe thought the Kraken uh, played. Uh, Played well in the last five minutes, or, or didn't. Uh, too content with overtime. Ottawa kept the foot on the pedal. I agree with you, Gabe. I, I think there was an element of that. We've seen that from the Kraken in the past. Um, we, we had the we kind of ran into that a, just a little while ago with them. Even uh, all right, it's got a super chat here. Let me come down. Schultz, thank you very much. No fear of being scratched makes the D complacent. Interesting theory. I think I might agree with you a little bit because we know the D and well, I, I agree and I disagree. So hear me out, <laughs> but I appreciate the super chat either way. Um, I agree with you in the sense that I feel like the D it's been a struggle. We all know that what a struggle it is. I still think that there needs to be some things switched up a little bit. Um, I'm still not sold on Alexiak Borgen. I think Justin Schultz right now is playing very, very, very poorly. We saw him make a very costly turnover in the defensive zone in this one. Um, I, I don't know if that's injury related, what's going on with him, but he does not look like the same player that started the season, similar to Alexiak last year. I, I, but uh, so I agree with you in the sense that like they need to be shaken up more to feel like they have to be playing better. I agree with that part of it. On the other hand, we've seen like Jacob Magna get in the lineup a decent amount. And, it, and so it's it's not that they are never scratched because uh, Magna will come in at least for Susie. So maybe Magna's got to come in or or uh, Flurry has to come in for somebody else. Maybe you got to scratch a Borg in one game and bring in Flurry or you scratch a Schultz for a game and you bring in Flurry to play on the right side there. I don't know. Uh, it's a, it is a very interesting thing. I, that's something um, I will try and uh, remember to ask RJ when he joins us here a little bit later. Uh, let's see. Uh, really wish Gru could have saved that response goal. I know Coop. Oh man, they just give us Dexter. Oh boy. Alexiak on the last goal was brutal. I'm telling you that pairing gives me, yeah, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. And, and I, and I know, 
Like I said already, Borgen played that situation right. He did everything right. You want the inside position. You want to be in that passing lane. You want to get your stick down. He did it all right. It was just bad luck. But I, I still think on a, as a whole, that pairing has been more of a letdown than it's been a benefit to the Seattle Kraken. Bach, I have a headache from that. So many turnovers. And now we have Dallas next, who scored 10 goals today. Yeah, it's not ideal timing to face a Dallas Stars team. But it's okay because we have to play them twice. Uh, so maybe, you know, walk away with a split from that. I'd feel pretty good. Actually. I think, I think that would be okay. Uh, Steve dog feels like we have a better chance. Oh yeah. I read that one already. Uh, you came back with the super chat. I think on that, um, Daniel, well, once again, we started slow. We finally ran into a team good enough to make us pay. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it kind of echoes of last year memories, distant faded memories of last season popping up a little bit again for us here. Maybe just a little uh, Dexter Chikrin showing us up tonight after not trading for him. I know RJ and I were just like texting, like he texted me a picture of him from warmups and we were just like, he should have been ours. And then he scores. We're just like, why? Oh, it's uh, it's rough. It's rough. That's for sure. Ty Dallas put up 10 tonight going to be a brutal couple games unless we play 100%. Yes, but as we talked about earlier, the Kraken sometimes playing down to their opposition. I feel like they also are a very good team at playing up to what their opponent is. And so I think they're going to come in. They're going to want to make a statement again at home, especially after this one um, against this Dallas team. Uh, you know, one of these two games, the Kraken are going to come out and they're going to play angry and they're going to play tough and they're going to be on it. Absolutely. I truly, truly believe that. I really, really do. Because they want to show that, hey, like this team that has a chance to win the Western Conference in Dallas, like we're better than them. And um, I, I think I think it's possible. I, I, I think the Kraken are about as good as Dallas. I, I just do. Uh, Barbara, good morning. Cut the last five minutes. Won't be doing that again. Hashtag bad luck. Barbara, I apologize. That's a brutal way to start your day. I hope things get better from here on out for you. Um, let's see. Uh, we need to clone McCann from Declan there. I Absolutely. I, absolutely. Who's on that? Who's who's in charge of the cloning program? Is it still you, Stryatic? We, we, need, we need updates. We need to get this thing off the ground faster. Um, Let's see, Daniel, not sure Grubauer should start five, over five games in a row. I agree with you. The problem was Martin Jones was just not really inspiring much confidence there for that stretch. So I think Hackstall kind of felt like he had to do this. I think, it, like I said, this is where it's interesting that he didn't pull Grubauer and make a goaltending switch after the three early goals. He only took a timeout. Again, this is me as an outsider. I do not know anything. Obviously, you know, RJ's talking with the with everybody now. Uh, I have zero information on this. This is purely my own speculation. Is that him kind of saying he doesn't trust Jones? Or is that him saying, like, trying to send a different but still strong message to his team of, look, I'm not taking out this goaltender. I know we can win with him and, and all this good stuff like this. This team is capable of coming back and doing this, which they did. Uh, you just have to be playing better. Like all of you just have to be playing better because it's not traditional, but I kind of like that as a message of like, hey, look, we didn't make a mistake when we rolled out here with these guys. It's just that we're not playing to the level that we want to hold ourselves to. And we're not holding ourselves accountable. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, we're doing this again, like start over, but now you guys better hustle. You better get out there and work your butts off and, and, and make something happen. Because if that's what he was going with, which is, 
I think it was. I really kind of like that. It's it's different, and I really, really like that. And then you kind of hold on to, look, if they let in another goal, that's when you pull the goalie, you send the message, and it comes down even more so like you're just disappointed. I'm not angry, but I'm disappointed. And we all know hockey players, like that is the most motivating and worst thing imaginable. So I actually like taking the time out over pulling the goalie there. I think that's an interesting one, and it'll be interesting to see if we see that again. Uh, Greg, losing is annoying, but remember what we are uh, doing without Burakovsky, we will be fine. I agree with you, Greg. That's a very good point. Jay, still out in Dutch Harbor, but I got fiber internet yesterday so I could actually watch the game and the ECH postgame. It is so nice to have you back, Jay. Definitely missing you. Uh, hope everything's going well out, out there for you. And, oh, I'm so happy you're able to, to, to see the game, catch the game tonight. Sorry it wasn't a, a better finish for you. Sorry. Uh, let's see. Declan, I feel like McCann will get a hat trick before the season's out. He has to. He keeps getting so close. How many two-goal games can you have? Well, I guess McDavid already answered that one for us, but it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jay, this was a fun one, though. We should have been more awake at the start, knock on down three. Agreed. Agreed. Krakenhawk will be good against Dallas. They got a lot of scoring out of their system tonight. We'll be going in pretty pissed after what happened tonight. That's where I'm coming from. I think, I think things are going to be fine. Uh, anytime you have a team put up 10, you know, it, it would be hard not to feel a little full of yourself, maybe get a little complacent if you pull off a feat like that in the NHL. And obviously the Kraken, we know guys like McCann, Vince Dunn, they do not like losing. They are going to come out. They're going to come out swinging. Uh, let's see. Beep boop. We were, uh, we were the only Pacific playoff team to lose. <laughs> hooray, hooray, hooray. I don't know that we need to be celebrating that, but I think we can celebrate the fact that we've put ourselves in a position where a night like tonight doesn't just feel like this absolute, like double gut punch. Like the game already kind of had a little bit of a gut punch, but it, where it's like, oh my gosh, like, is this the night that's going to cost us a playoff spot? right? Which we were feeling for a little while there it's at the end of February, not having to feel with that, uh, not having to feel like that right now. And that's, that's really awesome. Striatic like the stream. We need to help hockey fans find the stream. Thank you, Striatic. You know, what's up. Uh, Coop McCann steady, steady looking like the biggest bargain contract in the NHL hashtag and Ron, we trust totally, totally. It's such a steal. It's incredible. Um, Let's see. Chad sends give up four straight goals and get a win. With the question like that I it that's not something you expect of any team, right? That is not something you expect from any team uh at all. Dan, you'll have to go 10 and 7 in our last 17 to get to a hundred. Um that's that's a, a doable. Is it is that right? Is that reverse? Felt like yeah, no, that that sounds right. Uh let's see, got a super chat here scroll on down jmg thank you very much disappointing loss but in the big picture happy they're likely making the playoffs in the second year trusting ron francis to fix this defense next year i do think that that's going to be ron francis's number one priority is going to be figuring out what what he's doing on defense is Susie walking? What does the Vince Dunn extension look like? How much money does that leave over for you? The forward group is pretty solid. You know, you know, Shane Wright will come in. Otherwise, I don't know that we'll see very many shakeups. You got to figure out if you're keeping Ryan Donato. I don't know, given how often Sprong is scratched, if he's going to be in the cards for next season. Um, but but forward wise, you're pretty solid. Goaltending wise, 
I mean, it is what it is, right? Uh, if you're probably keeping Drieger around, you're not going to re-sign Jones at this point. So, you know, Grubauer is definitely your goalie for, for, for the foreseeable future. Having Chris Drieger under contract for next year, that's where that becomes big. So you understand what your goaltending situation is and how much it's going to cost you. You understand what your forward situation is, how much it's going to cost you. D is definitely the place, and, and it's a lot is going to hinge on that Vince Dunn extension and how much money that kind of leaves over for everything. But uh, thanks again for the super chat there, JMG. Uh, let's see. Oh, I just shot way up past where I was. Pardon me. Uh, I thought that was our best looking six on five end of game situation from Daniel. I agree with you. It's the one where I felt the most like we had a chance to actually score a goal because we've been in that situation before where it's just all of us, all of us just felt, you know what I mean? Like we're just delaying the inevitable or we're just giving up an empty netter for no good reason. Um, this one, it we were dangerous and, and Ottawa was sweating and you can see that. And that's a good, it's a good feeling. You know, obviously you'd love to, to tie the game up in a situation like that, but I will take being dangerous and 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 kind of getting my hopes up there towards the end. I appreciate it. So thank you, Kraken. Uh, Edward response goals killing us again. I know, I know. Talk about talk about echoes of last season that just won't go away. Kragenock, let's give Dunn some love. He's tied with Carlson for most points by a defenseman since January 1st. He is on fire this season. He is. I'm telling you, he's playing for that contract. Lindsay, not ideal tonight with every other team winning in the West. The Kraken don't pick up a single point, and our next opponent, Dallas, put up a 10 spot. I know we've talked about most of that already, but, uh, you know, like I said, thankfully we've got that cushion. Arjun getting set to join us here. Let me go ahead and, and bring him in. How's it going, RJ? Yeah. Going all right. <laughs> it was a disappointing finish, but there was still a lot of a lot of positives to this game, right? Anytime you go down three nothing, eight and a half minutes in, and you're able to come back, take a lead at some point, right? Like it, it, it's again, it shows the heart this team has, the effort they have. It shows how skilled they are. This is a pretty decent Ottawa team. They're not like fabulous or anything, but they're a pretty good Ottawa team. And the fact that you spotted them the three. And then we're able to come back get a lead. I think that means something. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I mean, we've learned this lesson time and time again. I don't think we need to really learn it anymore. But the Kraken just don't give up. Uh, that's just not something that's in this team's DNA. They don't go away. So um, you, you knew they weren't fully out of that game when it was three nothing, and Haxtell called this timeout. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's tough to lose that one when you do have the lead. But uh, you know, overall, a good effort. I mean, the 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 Senators, man. They're just entertaining to, to play yeah. again. Like just watching both Kraken Senators games this season have been absolute barn burners uh, and just really fun to watch. They, they really are. You mentioned the, uh, the timeout there. What did you think of the decision to call a timeout rather than a goalie swap? Well, I mean, because those are the two buttons you can press as a coach, yep. right? You know, the timeout and the goalie swap. And I, I think in the past we've seen, you know, tended to see the goalie swap there. Um, uh, that third one was kind of a soft goal from Grubauer, I'd have to say. Um, and so, you know, there's the ammunition to go with the goalie swap. But I think Axel's trying to trust his, even though he won't call him a starter, starter, you know, in Grubauer and show the team basically not to panic too much. We just got to settle down there. And it's tough because, you know, Grubauer didn't have his best game tonight, you know, being honest. But I don't know that Jones would have been much better. And also they came back yeah. when you get the next three, you could say, OK, it worked. You know, you never know what goal Jones may or may not have, have let in. And Haxall basically said after the game, 
you know, Grubauer, he did it once it was three, nothing. His job was just to give us a chance to claw back in. And he did that job. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I said it before I liked calling a timeout rather than going with the goalie swap. I like the idea of sending the message of like, you know, look, I put out this group because I think it can win and we can win. I believe in this go out there and get it done. Like you're just not playing up to your standard. I, I think it's a good call. And then if things still don't go bad, that's when you pull the goalie and then it becomes the whole, like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed thing, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's that. Cause that was the problem too. Vince Dunn said like in those early goals, every chance they had, we gave them like the problem yeah. was, it was it's like problem is us. You know, yeah. it's not anything they're doing. We just got to get back to our game. Yeah, yeah, you need to get the wingers more involved. I mean, those defensemen were activating. Like, like we're used to defensemen activating in this Dave Haxtall system. That was something else. Yeah, it was another level. <laughs> Man, was... Jacob Chikrin's such a good fit in that, too. <sighs> yep. <laughs> yep. I'm sure you've already covered it, but I, I just know. couldn't help thinking that the whole game. Put another knife back there. There's room somewhere. Uh, Jules, insider information on the Blues. I got to meet Jacob Verana. He was upset that he was traded and he wanted to stay with the Red Wings. However, he understood its business and that's how he go. it goes. Also, he played against the Kings not in his normal gear. The storm in Detroit messed up his flight and his luggage. Came to the game late but before the first period. Uh, so some fun insider info there. For yeah, Jules. that's really cool. Appreciate Thank you for sharing that. that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Daniel Seddens were padding their face-off stats with all those icing penalties. I was going to say, that's the one that comes back around to this one, RJ, because you hold the Senators to 0 for 4 on, you know, you know the PK does its job. You don't really get that many power play opportunities yourself. So special teams, you won that battle. But again, face-offs, just brutal tonight. And I feel like in a one-goal game, that's kind of where you can look to find the difference-making, you know, factor. Yeah, it definitely does matter. And and the Kraken, yeah, they just, I don't know what the final figures were, but I, I checked around the end of the second period. They were not good. Um, it, and yeah, it makes a difference. One thing that I've noticed the last couple games that I don't think the Kraken really like, but it's more out of necessity. On that top line, on the Beneers line, on the right side in the offensive zone, Jordan Eberle is having to take those face-offs. And uh, let's just be honest, he's not very good at them. He loses a lot of them. I don't know what his numbers are, but I've noticed him lose a few of those key offensive zone faceoffs on the right side. No, that's not a knock on Everly at all. That shouldn't be his job. But like, right. unfortunately, given the way that line is, you know, you just don't have another right-hander to take those. Yeah. What is interesting is he was 50% tonight in the grand, oh, okay. in the grand scheme of things coming into this game tonight, Jordan Everly third on the team in face-off percentage behind Morgan Geeky and Yanni Gord. So huh, maybe I'm off on that. I don't know. I've just noticed a couple, a few, like, again, it's anecdotal just over the last yeah. couple games. Well, it's very few. Like, look, he's taken 60 something, fa 70 face-offs coming into the night. It's not a oh, large okay. sample size or 60, excuse me. It's not a large sample size at all. And so, yeah, it's, it's one where also doesn't factor in clutch right? Like yeah. it's, it matters. Um, Stratic, did Edzo ever acknowledge he miscounted on the too many men call and that it was in fact too many men. Also, how many too many men's do the Kraken have? Seems like a lot. It does seem like a situation they find themselves in. Somebody up in the press show. box around me was trying to figure out how many. I heard the number 12, but I, I can't confirm that. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Uh, but yes, I don't know that Edzo ever corrected that. But yeah, I, I caught what I caught that same thing too, Stratic, because he counted what was on screen, but there was also like a stick poking out from off screen that was clearly the, the extra man. <laughs> that's that's where he was. Um, 
let's see uh frustrating i know sarah the building was popping i feel like the crowd uh felt like we could win it and we almost did yeah i had questions about about the crowd in this one rj because obviously when you let in three goals early it, it could be really easy to get the crowd out of it but we heard another really loud refs you suck chant people people were getting into it and, and it felt like they helped fuel that like comeback and then eventually taking the lead Good. I'm glad the broadcast captured that because that's exactly what happened. Yes, I, with the first three goals, uh, that quieted the crowd a little bit, as it would in any NHL building. Um, but yeah, the crowd came back with a you know thunderous roar when the when the comeback was happening. Uh, I think they kind of got the sense it felt like everyone in the building knew that it wasn't over. Uh, and, and as the Kraken started to claw their way back, the crowd absolutely got into it. Yeah, awesome. Glad to hear it uh, from Lindsay. Just eliminate one of those stupid turnovers, whether it be Gruby playing the puck and letting in a squeaker or the Alexiak Borgen turnover plus big rig screening of Gru, and we win that game. Ugh. It is unfortunate where it's one of those, like like the mistakes just added up to be a little bit too much. And that, again, probably comes from you spotting them three right away. Yeah, exactly. When you do that, <laughs> the, the mistakes mean a lot more. If you, you know, just spot them one right off the bat, you can afford more mistakes in the future. Yeah, I, I like this. This will give you an idea of what things were like before you, you joined us tonight, RJ. Yeah. For, from Edward, a lot of I agree, but I disagree from Dylan tonight. But to be fair, it really was that kind of game. Yeah, yeah, it was. I was curious kind of what the mood in chat was after that one. I mean, because... In the in the room with the players talking to us, like Vince Dunn seemed, I just kind of down, you know, after that one. I, understandably so, but just more introspective a little yeah. bit, if the, if that makes sense. Just you know, kind of looking down, trying to figure it out himself, really, yeah. um, which I thought was interesting. Those those are some of the best, you know, uh, post game scrums though from Dunn is when he's like really thinking about it in the same time that we are. Um, and he compared it to the, I don't know if I mentioned this already, he compared it to the Boston game, uh, you know, where they were up, uh, up late and, and lost in regulation, everything, just talking about the importance of those points. It was clear that it kind of weighed on the players, just how important the points are. Yeah, I mean, they are important. Thankfully, they've got a little bit of a cushion here. Uh, it's not the end of the world that everybody else around them won and they didn't, uh, the way it kind of felt a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But yeah, I appreciate that from Dunn and I mean, he has just been on fire this calendar year, RJ. 51 points now from him this season. He's having a heck of a season. He had a heck of a game. I, yeah. I, I thought he was excellent tonight. Not just the goal, but so many of the zone exits, um, just the little things. There was one in the third period, I don't know if you noticed it from the corner, where he makes this great between-the-legs pass to, um, to McCann to come out of the zone and get a clean zone exit. And the Kraken got a good chance off of that. Just the little things that Vince Dunn does so well when he's on his game. I, I, I thought he played really well. And then, you know, we also talked to, to Jared McCann and like those are the two guys that um, take losses, maybe the hardest out of anybody. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of an interesting feel where it just felt like really the guys were, were down. But maybe it's just the two of them because Dave Haxtell definitely didn't feel that way. He was defending his team quite strongly. And, and there were a couple, you know, negative suggestions about, OK, you got to fix, you know, the play late in the game to make sure you get a point. And he came back hard on that. He's like, look, we just won five games in a row. Like yeah. we're this is not a systemic problem. You know, we'll be all right. Yeah. You won five games in a row and then you came back in a game like this. Like I, I, I totally understand kind of being proud as a coach for the effort that your team put on tonight. I talked about it already. Like you, you know, you lose on that goal with two and a half minutes left, but also it's just, that's a hockey unlucky goal. 
right? Will Borgen is playing it right. He's got inside position. He's got he's he's taken away the passing lane. It's just a bad bounce. It happens. And and I think if you're a coach, you understand that that's what that was. It wasn't like any sort of like systematic failure. Uh, once your team got going, you outscored them. You know, not counting that goal, four to one, really. And uh, you just move forward, trusting in that. Um, uh, you know, keeping going. Lindsay, everybody talking about Jared McCann maybe hitting 40 goals this season, but I'm thinking he can go for 50. Canner can just stumble out of bed and score a couple of goals these days. He's on fire, RJ. On fire. Absolutely. He's on, I think, a 41.6 goal pace now. I mean, but if he keeps this up, you know, just getting a couple every game. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible to watch. I mean, this one was, you know, they're kind of more a uh, result of, you know, maybe some lucky bounces in this game, but you know, there's a whole debate about whether it's better to be lucky, you know, rather than good or, or good rather than lucky. I, I think the good is causing some of the lucky right now. Oh, for sure. For sure. I like the idea that, you know, I, I've kept bringing up his shooting percentage and everything. And now he's just trying to prove that, look, I can score without even shooting. How's that for shooting percentage? <laughs> that's that's what I like to think is that it's a it's in direct response to me. <laughs> um daniel why don't we call up decor he hasn't won uh he won the one game he started this year plus isn't decor old enough to be in the nhl that way we can create value to trade him in the off season from daniel what do you think of that idea rj um i mean it, it would be mostly is you know instead of martin jones there is no roster size limit now uh you, you just have cap concerns to worry about but i think they'd have the cap room to do it um it's an interesting thought i i Ron Francis mentioned how difficult it is to maybe, you know, throw a Chris Drieger into these games in a playoff chase. And, and really it's difficult for any goalie, not just like Drieger coming back from the injury. Same thing for, De for Decord going from one league up to the next, just kind of being thrown into whatever spot. I, I still think it's best to keep him in the AHL unless Martin Jones has another couple real stinkers of games. Uh, but other than that, you know, he hasn't been like totally awful where you're like, we just need anybody else. We need another body somewhere. Uh, I don't think they're at that point yet. Yeah. Do you think we see Jones for one of these two Dallas games? You know, it, it's it's hard to say. I, 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 it's tough because Hackstall's comments this morning would indicate maybe you would you would. Yeah. Because he was asked about, are you going more to a, a traditional starter backup type rotation? And he pushed back hard on that, and you know said that Jones is eighth in the league and wins, uh, and, and pointed out all the good things about Martin Jones, and they feel like they have two guys that they're confident in. But behavior is one thing and saying, you know, and words are another. So it, it's hard for me to tell. And I, I, I wanted to kind of follow up and ask about, you know, at what point do you, do you worry about burnout? But he really kind of just closed the door on the goaltending questions. He's like, look, I'll repeat yeah. this again. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Because we talked about that a little bit before this, like, you know, Grubauer starting, you know, five plus in a row and all that kind of stuff. And it is one of those things this time of year, if you're going to be a playoff team, you have to be thinking about, OK, I, I need my goalie to be getting enough reps that they're staying sharp, but you don't want to burn them out because at some point you're just going to ride them the rest of that season once the playoffs hit, ideally anyway. And and so I do, you know, I, I worry about that with Grubauer. I know he missed time earlier in the season, so the overall workload isn't quite as much, but still it feels like he's playing a ton right now. I understand that they need him to be playing a ton right now. Um, but yeah, I do, I do wonder, but you know, that's where also, again, the decision to call a timeout instead of making a goaltending switch, it makes you think, you know what I mean? 
Right, and that's a data point on the workload there for Grubauer versus Jones. You'd think if it's equally unlikely that you're coming back from 3 nothing, you might as well put the goalie in who's kind of fresher and, and give Grubauer a bit of a breather, but he chose yeah. not to do that, notably. Yeah. Uh, Stratic, the Chikrin FOMO turned into just Mo a little tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it did indeed. Um, Bryce, I'd really like Schultz to not force that same stretch pass every time he gets uh, the puck in the defensive zone. I felt Schultz is echoing Alexiak last season, RJ, where he comes back into the lineup from being injured, and he's just not the same. Yeah, he has seemed a little bit off since coming back. It's just... It doesn't feel like the same Justin Schultz from earlier this season. And it's tough because you look at Schultz from early this year, and at times he was the Kraken's best defenseman for multi-game stretches even, uh, which you've got to ask, is that who he really is? Is that, you know, even playing really well, you know, uncharacteristically well? It's hard to know. We've only seen, you know, three quarters of a season of him. Uh, but still, he, he hasn't looked the same since the injury. And that happens sometimes in hockey. Like you can get banged up and just not be right. Uh, until the next year. Yeah, we had a, a super chat about it earlier about the idea of, you know, is the fact that the defense basically never change changes, is that kind of building in some complacency uh, into it? And I, and I, that was one of my agrees and disagrees because I felt like Haxtell maybe needs to, to shake things up there a little bit more than he does. But at the same time, we've seen Jacob Magna come in every so often here and play some games you could I, I could conceivably see him pull out a Justin Schultz and scratch him for a game or a Will Borgen and get a Kale Fleury back into the lineup just so he has uh, another game under his belt I don't know do you, do you think that that that's something that the Kraken should be worried about and do you think they'll do anything about it I don't think so I mean you look at the way Haxtell's operated as long as he feels like the team is still doing well enough he's really hesitant to make any changes I think you saw that with going with the same lineup tonight you know when when they're on a winning streak he's not going to make any changes he could swap Ryan Donato back in for for you know whether it's a a Sprong or a Froden or whatever but he's just not going to make any changes that he doesn't have to make so I I wouldn't expect to see him force anything there I do think it's going to take an injury uh, for Magna to get in instead of the one of those top six yeah, I, I think that's probably what it is. That being said, I mean, if Dallas comes in and smokes you that first game, I could I think all bets are off. Because I do look at, at like Carson Susie's playing time tonight. Um 15-11 was all he got, and that was with him getting a decent amount of shorthanded time over two minutes worth. So then you're talking about five on five time being like 13 minutes. It's, it's not a lot to be playing a defenseman at all. Yeah, with Megna on the left side, you know, that's the easiest yep. one to swap out. Yep, Sarah, don't forget to like the stream, y'all. Thank you, Sarah. I'm uh, going to try to go quickly here because there's still so many uh, uh, chats here. Jake, that pass from Tolvi to Froden was nice. It's nice to see his playmaking lately in addition to his goal scoring. I I mean, Tolvin is so good, RJ. I know, I know exactly what pass you're talking about. I, and I, I was it was on my side. I had a really good view of it. That was a great pass. Yeah. Uh, Steve Dog asking, if, uh, asking you, RJ, if there's any confirmation on Geeky's post-goal snack game. No, um, no, actually, I haven't had the chance to ask him about it. It didn't show up on the broadcast today, right? He wasn't snacking some more. Uh, I didn't see it. Uh, if it was, um, Daniel's asking if you br- brought your ba- uh, mask to practice. Uh, they canceled practice, so no. Oh, bummer. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, grabbing a, this is from Patrick, grabbing a therapy beer at Queen Anne Beer Hall. I can't hear the stream here. The first 10 minutes were terrible. Showed a lot of life, but then the third just slow. I know, I know. But thank you, Patrick, for, uh, for, for going out and, uh, to Queen Anne Beer Hall and letting us know. Oh, tell them, you know, we sent you. Even if you already knew about the place, tell them we sent you. Yeah. Helps please us out too. <laughs> um, Let's see, Bach. We got a little spoiled because uh, here we are stressing about a playoff position when we don't even, when we didn't even know we were capable of being in this position a couple months ago. Soak it up these moments. It's true. It's true. Got to appreciate where we're at right now. Uh, yeah, Daniel definitely. didn't like the Sens have like four days to hang out in Seattle and work out in our nice new facility and scheme us up. I, they were here for a while, I will say, because I noticed uh, on the Ducks game, looking at the uh, press box list who's on there, all the Sens staff were already there for the game. So they have been here for a little while. Uh, Joey asking uh, you know, for a Burakovsky update. Uh, no update. He was skating early before morning skate before anyone else got on there. So he's skating again, but uh, has not gotten back to practice yet. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, maybe someone needs to ask Haxtell if they have systems in place to avoid too many men penalties. I, I would assume every team kind of has systems in place. It's, it should be a simple, just, you know, when your guy comes off, you go on. Like, that's the system. <laughs> yeah. Tonight would not have been a good night to ask that, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Virene, uh, I count nine too many men penalties, but I don't know how that stacks up against the rest of the league. Well, thank you for, like, yeah thank you yeah that's awesome um let's see could have used you up in the press box there were a couple people trying to figure out i told them i I don't know (laughs) daniel did you notice uh on our one power play that they were stacking their guys up at the um uh at the red line and not the blue line yeah i mean that's definitely a strategy some teams will will take is just to try to be like kind of super aggressive and then if you're a team with guys that are really strong on the back check like they can come back and you trust them not to take like a hooking penalty or a slashing penalty but they can harass and stick lift and stuff like that you can go for it and and try to be aggressive like that yeah definitely some teams will employ that strategy i mean it's interesting to see it though against your team when most teams will stack the blue line all right, JMG giving us a super chat earlier. This one is just a it's just a regular one, but already changing the YouTube avatar to the tan of bobblehead. Love <laughs> it. Absolutely. Yeah, those were great. It. Seeing those in person, just just awesome. The whole stack of them. Um, felt like I was in a haunted house too. Everyone just with the eyes. They it, they really did Tanf theming tonight too. They had the Tanf cam going. They had uh, you know lots of things like that. They played the Ghostbusters song for his spit player of the game spotlight. Yeah. I, I heard that through the broadcast, and I was like, why are they playing Ghostbusters? And I was like, oh, all right. Yep. That makes sense. Um, JMG, uh, now I'll read the actual comment. Dallas back-to-back, who makes up the schedule? And Stratic saying, wait, what, three games versus Dallas in our next five? Sure. Hopefully they got all their goals out of their system tonight. It's going to – It's yeah, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, I wait wait till we get to next month in Arizona and Vegas. It's just this whole trip through the desert. Uh, it's yeah. going to be interesting. And Daniel pointing out Dallas was really struggling their last 10 before tonight. Also, I think Buffalo was in a situation where they couldn't make a goalie change because the same guy gave up all 10. Oh, oh. oh whoever that is, I I feel bad. That is rough. That's more than the infamous Patrick Waugh game. That's that's terrible. Yes. But uh, Anderson or Lukanen, I want to know who that was. That's, I mean, uh, just 
RIP regardless. Yeah, whoever it was. <laughs> that's, that's all that's all that matters. Trying to I'm trying to pull it up real quick here. I remember it back in the Eric Marty Baron gave up nine in the in that game where Hurdle went between the legs. It ended his career. He didn't play again. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it wasn't Anderson. <laughs> no, it was it was Eric Comrie. Oh okay. Uh, Thirty nine saves on forty nine shots. It's not not great, not great. Seven nine six, not great. Uh, Stratic, Allison Lucan pointing out the Sens and their novel use of two defenders on the power play. What do you think of that? Progress. <laughs> but that's that, that's novel. It's great. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say it didn't work for them tonight. <laughs> it like, was awkward because you had you had Chikrin in the spot, you know, on the left dot where he's left-handed, basically playing the McCann role, and he's got a good shot, but I I just don't like it from that spot. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't either. Um, Jules' schedule is pretty broken. Like I said earlier, we play Vegas for our last two games. Daniel, I thought Tolvanen made some really good plays in the D zone and across center ice. He's just a complete player. He's so solid. Uh, Lindsay, night all. Got to wake up at 4.30 a.m. to make it to the 6 a.m. stick and puck because I either hate myself or love hockey just a little too much. I think we've all been there. <laughs> There you go. You, you you love hockey just a little bit more than yourself. There you go. <laughs> yep. Joey was rocking uh, the Brandon Tanev jersey. Love to see it. Um, let's see. Jeremiah, FanDuel loss alert. My cousin Nicholas bet on a Kraken and Bruins W and got completely dummied. Lol. Lost 450 bucks. Uh, what he kept saying was easy money. Pray for Nick. <laughs> All right, we, I yeah, think we it's always the easy money. <laughs> that's that's a rough situation for sure. Uh, Bjorky was everywhere tonight. I loved his hustle from Jay. That's ev- night in, night out. That is Oliver Bjorkstrand's game. E- just yeah. every game, every uh, night. Let's see, Striatic wondering. Okay, we might be onto something. Just like Lindsay with the every other month thing here, RJ Striatic. Maybe that's the problem with the home record. KCI is too nice for visitors interesting make it less hospitable yes i mean they don't have a, a road like locker room that's very good i don't think they <laughs> i'll just put it that way they really only have one nice one so is um, it flooded rj is it flooded no it's not flooded so they then can it, do better then they could do better that's what i'm hearing it could be flooded uh something could be going on whatever keeps it like just under the radar of osha but like you want to be like right up against that line. You know what I mean? That's that's the that's where you want things. Um, I look how uh, comfortable Kyle Dubas was walking around there making trades, trading away half his Swedes. Like can't be that comfortable. See, whenever yeah. the other teams around, you just need to flood it with people. You know what I mean? There you Make go. Yeah, uncomfortable. A bunch of eyes. Just everybody doing tan of eyes at them the whole time. Yeah, that would be yeah. unnerving. You wouldn't want to work on your power play in that scenario. You just want to like skate a couple laps and get off. Um, let's see. Uh, Kepler, I customized the Shane Wright jersey today at the game, and man, we could have used his net front presence in both zones. Uh, we had so many chances fizzle out because we had no one there to receive a pass. First off, awesome, Kepler. Great choice. Going to be huge next year. I love it. Um, yeah, definitely. And yeah, we could we could have used a net front, uh, a more consistent net front presence on both ends. <laughs> yeah, he, he's going to add so much to this team next year. Also, hi Kepler, I uh, saw you waving to me there. I mean, we uh, he was kind of sitting behind the um, the press bridge there. So at intermission, when I came out to grab some water, uh, you saw me and waved hello. So thanks for doing that. Always appreciate that. It's great to see uh, all of you. You know, when you're when you're sitting in those spots, it's easy to see you. 
Yeah, no, that is awesome. You, you sure you were just grabbing water? You weren't grabbing more of those weird, like, s'more cookie mashup things? I, those were so good, but no, I wasn't grabbing any more of those. Really? I was grabbing some water. I was chatting with Darren from Sound of Hockey and Scott from Cheap Seat Sports. That's what I was doing. That's my story. Kepler can back me up on that. He saw me the whole time. Fraternizing with the enemy is what I'm hearing. Uh, no, exactly. I, when you brought it up on the Discord, and there are pictures up on the Discord, everybody, of these cookies, I was expecting, like, I just saw, before I saw the picture, I was like, okay, a s'more cookie. Like, I get that. There's, like, chocolate and, like, a graham cracker-type-based uh, cookie because I bake. I, I'm, like, envisioning this, and then marshmallows in there, like, with chocolate chips, something like that. And then you show it, and it's literally, like, somebody just baked, like, like took a s'more and then put cookie dough, like, around the s'more and then baked it in an oven i know it's creative i mean the, the graham cracker just stuck onto the bottom of it it's kind of cool or like imprinted into the bottom of it like really creative they have some amazing cookies here i haven't seen that one before but they've got like trick cereal ones they had a, a, a caramel corn one uh today also with like a little like pieces of caramel corn in it um yeah the cookie selection is amazing all right uh, Bryce pointing out Eric Comrie allowed 5.92 goals above expected just today. Oh. Is that, I wonder what the record on that is. <laughs> that has to be a record, right? So like, there's no way you could play. I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about having to allow at least seven to even get in that range. And that's even on like no shot quality. I, I was going to say like how, I mean, it, how many goalies finish worse than that for a season? <laughs> right? You know what I, I mean? Know, you got to see where he was before and where he is now in the rankings just for, for goals saved above expected. Oh, man, that is wild. All right, Stratix got the answer here. Cook fish in the road locker room. Cook fish in the microwave. It's the worst. Got to yeet a fish right into a microwave that's just dead center in the locker room. <laughs> on the floor maybe don't flood it then if you're gonna just set a microwave down there but it's... oh the microwave fish in the flooded locker room yep kepler i took you up on your word uh to never uh worry about interrupting you rj <laughs> <laughs> exactly good I'm, I'm glad you did yeah everybody if you ever see me never worry about interrupting me in a game i will look yeah. busy i'm probably just fraternizing with the enemy you should stop me anyway yes definitely be woolly under the line of osha but like right up next to it gave me a hearty chuckle uh glad i could do that for that you. was a great line joey we should get connor bedard i would love that <laughs> i would take that probably not gonna happen it would it would be i don't i'm not sure i want it to happen i kind of want to do this whole playoff thing hey when he's 27 and hits ufa yeah. Go get him. Everybody, we got to start selling him on Seattle now. Shoeshine, McCann shooting almost 30% in the last five games before tonight. Guy's a mutant. It's, he just it's, keeps doing it. It's, it's ludicrous. It defies logic. His shooting percentage, when it's been this sky high all season, should not be going up at the end of the year, RJ. That's not how it works. Yeah, you see, his previous shooting percentage was unsustainable because it was too low. It was unsustainably low at 22%. He's regressing up and into the clouds. Like, what is <laughs> happening? Oh, man. It's, it, is, it is absolutely wild. Um, all right. Uh, 
Yeah, let's see. Uh, Jules, actually for the Lakers and Clippers, there used to be a Lexus club next to the visiting team's locker room doors. They always served shrimp, oysters, and stuff. Used to smell so bad. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Lots of good ideas. All right. Uh, a quick, like super quick last call here because we got you know a little under five minutes left to go. RJ, obviously Dallas did what they did tonight, and the Kraken did what they did tonight. What what should the Kraken try to change for the next time? Um, I mean, tighten things up through the neutral zone for one. Uh, there there are a lot of things through through this game that I think you know could be better. Again, the net front defense is going to be important. You're going to have Joe Pavelski standing in front of the net for Dallas. You know, all game as long as he's on the ice, he's going to gravitate toward those spots, uh, and he can kill you from there. So make sure you tie guys like that up. Make sure you take you know take away their time and space in the slot, and and also. Um, I don't know. I'm trying, trying to think what else <laughs> you're going to need solid goaltending. I'll say that much. Well, I was going to uh, say, I was going to say like, here's an idea. Start the game when like when puck drops, that, that's when the game starts. Start on time. Yeah. And that's something that, that Dunn and McCann both mentioned that look, we need, we just need better starts at home. We got to show up on time at home in our own building. Cause it, I think it is more of a problem here than on the road. It definitely is. Uh, I was just looking at it to Dallas. They, yeah, they got the 10 goals tonight, nine different goal scorers. Yep. Yeah, I looked at that and noticed Fox are the only one with, with two goals. That's yeah. dangerous, right? And it's the Kraken's kind of dangerous. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting matchup because I think when both of those teams are, are playing the way they want to play and doing their thing, it can look similar. All right, here you go, Kraken PR team, if you're listening. You're, of course, listening. All yeah, right? they just depth. walked by here like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, depth versus depth in the deep. That's how you sell this. I think I could. I, I think Lindsay could put that onto the the PR release for the next game. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Like these are two deep scoring teams playing in the deep. There's got to be something there. Somebody can figure it out. Uh, Jay, my gore jersey is just hanging in Linwood, sitting up at a 10 and 0 record. <laughs> Didn't bring it here with me. Oh, that's a good <laughs> record to have. Um, Edward, we need to start spreading rumors about Connor Bedard so he falls to us in the draft like Wright did. Those would have to be serious rumors. Those have to be some nasty rumors. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That, that starts getting into like defamation live like situation <laughs> level rumors. Um, but I like the spirit. Uh, Jay, hey, everyone in the stream, throw a like. You're here until the end. You do like the stream. I like the logic <laughs> there for sure. All right. Appreciate it, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for this one. Another huge shout out to Queen Anne Beer Hall, especially on a night like tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a disappointing finish, but again, plenty of positive takeaways. Love the heart and soul that this uh, team plays with each and every game and, and what they can give us. It just makes it so endearing and so easy to root for them. I, I, I appreciate it anyway, RJ. I appreciate no, it. Like I, you do appreciate too. I, I, the cookies are a nice bonus, but I'm, I'm very much looking forward to next game for the Kraken, not for the cookies. Um, <laughs> maybe we're a little gonna, for the cookies. All right. All right. We're going to finish it with this tie. Lol. I was getting messages in the first asking if I was there. <laughs> oh, I mean, you, you understand. Ty. I, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Well, by the by, the time they tied it, I think uh, everyone realized you were not, in fact, there. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. All right, everybody, take care. We'll see you all next time.